Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 296 of the podcast. So this week, I put together a compilation episode exploring de-schooling discoveries. One of the many things I love about the unschooling journey is how unexpected it can be. I mean, so often when we start out, it's all about the kids. It's our answer to the question, should we send them to school or not? And we choose not. It sounds pretty simple, but then things get really interesting. As we dive deeper and deeper into de-schooling, we begin to question so many things. Things we thought were pretty much facts about children, about learning, about relationships, about how the world works. And many podcast guests have shared how surprised they were that the unschooling journey entailed a lot of personal growth and transformation. That so much of it is our work to do, not the kids. Their living and learning soon flows beautifully as we release our need to try to control it. So in this episode, I've gathered some clips in which guests share their often surprising de-schooling discoveries and insights. It's so interesting to hear them side by side. And I suspect new connections and insights will bubble up for you as you listen. But before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. And a big welcome to new patron, Susan Myrick. Hi, Susan. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support helps pay for the hosting and transcription, as well as my time spent creating new episodes just like this one each week. It's instrumental in keeping the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash exploring unschooling. So now let's get started with Jenny Gomes. This clip is from episode 88, titled De-Schooling a Year Later. It's the second conversation I had with her on the podcast, checking in again to see how her perspective has grown and changed in the past year. Here's what she shared. Let's go through this question. What were some of your bigger fears or uncertainties as you first began unschooling? And so now, what do they look like? Um, So I knew that in order to do it right, I had to commit. Um, I had to commit to unschooling. And and that was really hard for me at first. So I think the biggest hurdle was accepting that the schoolish ways or my schoolish definitions weren't the only measures of intelligence, right? So for example, it was hard for me to accept that my kids wouldn't be able to read or do math until they were older. And so once I accepted that, um, and once I ex- and once I started to focus more on what they could do instead of what they couldn't do, um, 
it changed my focus completely. And that's when I really started to dive into unschooling. And that's when it more doors started to open for me. Um, and so the more that I read, the more light bulb moments that I had, and the more that I looked at them, the more wonderful things that I saw, and the more peaceful that I became, because the more comfortable I became, and the more we settled in just to day to day, day to day life. So that's sort of how it went from becoming really hard to just stepping back, looking at it, and then settling into something a little bit more calm. <laughs> it goes back and forth, doesn't it? Right? Like, oh, absolutely. It's yeah. like a step. We take a step and then, and then we watch and we see some things in them and that gives us a little bit more confidence and we like take the next step and see how, how, you know, um, how our new way of interacting or, or even just our new way of seeing things. Um, we see that reflected back in the kids and it's just back and forth and back and forth, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing to just watch them grow and learn and take things in. So it was finding comfort with that. And then my own ideas of schoolish ways and stepping away from that, not being the only indicator of intelligence or that not being the only valuable thing and focusing on what it is that they learned that they knew already. Um, that really helped me. Yeah, it's, that you're right. That committing to taking the time to widening, well, how we define learning, right? I think that's it mm-hmm. because because yeah, we are so trained growing up that you know there is a specific way to measure learning and intelligence, right? Yes, and, absolutely. And that's that's the right way, and that's like it's it's bonus points if your kid is like three and knows how to read right it's like yeah. wow you must be a great parent if your kid knows how to read that early <laughs> exactly right it not yeah, only it's not it's not only a definition of our children but it, it's a definition of us and our role as absolutely parent, right <laughs> yeah absolutely so stepping away from that i think was was hard for me mm-hmm. but then once i got over that um, that really helped me dive into unschooling because the more I read about unschooling, the more sense it made. Um, it's like one of those things that you, fe- you feel like it's like a thread in your mind that just once it's, and you mentioned it, it was a quote you mentioned in one of your first podcasts. I remember it's like, once you see something, you can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so I remember, I remember that quote, like once you learn something and the more I learned about unschooling, the more I couldn't just avoid that. I had learned that. Yeah. Right? It's like this seed <laughs> inside you, right? It, Absolutely. And then it starts to grow. And the yeah. more you nurture it, the more it grows. So that's sort of how it happened for me. The quote Jenny mentioned is one I shared in the intro to episode two of the podcast and is attributed to Oliver, Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. Man's mind, once stretched by a new idea, never regains its original dimensions. Or, as Jenny describes it, once you see something, you can't unsee it. And I think her point is spot on about the importance of widening how we define learning and the value of stepping away from defining ourselves as parents through our children's accomplishments. It's so commonplace in our society, yet it diminishes so much of our children's agency and choice in the process. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. And now let's hear from Kinsey Norris. We spoke about her de-schooling journey in episode 206. She has a background in early childhood education, and it was fascinating to see how many seeds were planted along the way that ultimately grew into the amazing unschooling life they are living as a family today. 
Here's what she shared about her deschooling discoveries. So I'm curious what you found to be the most challenging aspect of deschooling as, you know, you found unschooling and you were um, moving that way, embracing that more and more. You didn't need the schoolroom. I assume Nick's the husband <laughs> came. <laughs> he was so happy. <laughs> so fine. He was not going to have to lose his that game up? game after all. So, uh, yeah, I'm so curious to hear about your experience working through. Uh, you know, that's so funny, too. It was such a huge relief to me, too, because, like I said, I'm like a really kind of scanner type person. Like, I'm like the epitome of unfinished projects. Yeah. And so. I thought, oh my gosh, a schoolroom, like, how am I, I'll never finish that, there's no way. So, whew, we don't have to do a schoolroom, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, that was a really easy one to let go, thankfully. Um, no, yeah, so, I did, you're right, like, I think a lot of the natural learning part and part things like that were pretty easy for me to move through because mm-hmm. of my background. Um, you know, on my, there's been a couple times in the past where I panicked briefly about, you know, reading or something like that, but I can, or, you know, when I was first starting to kind of, um, purchase foods and bring foods into the house that I hadn't ever brought into the house before I had a little bit of, you know, a couple panicky moments about things like that, but, you know, I was able to pretty easily kind of peel back the layers there and sort of move move through those things. So I would say, uh, this makes me feel really vulnerable, by the way. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. No, um, it's honestly the challenge. So my challenges really, I don't feel like had to do much with the kids at all. Like, um, my challenges were more really personal and internal, like about myself. So like really embracing becoming the learner again, after having been an educator about learning and being someone that others came to a lot of times for answers about children and learning and connection and things like that, Um, you know, for a good part of a decade. Mm -hmm. So kind of um, embracing that role of being a beginner again and releasing that role of being an educator. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I still very much wanted to like advocate what was right for children and learning even though I really was starting over with my own learning. Mm-hmm. But does that make sense? Oh, so, a lot of sense, yeah. So, and like at the beginning of our journey, I was following several Instagram and Facebook accounts and blogs and stuff that depicted unschooling in this very like, perfect and pretty way or like this really trendy kind of wild and free and, and, and stuff like that. And, and so in part, like visually 
that was kind of shaping for me what I thought good unschooling was supposed to look like, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's what I was sort of trying to create for us. Um, So basically in my efforts to not have my kids shoved into boxes, I was almost creating my own box for our, for our unschooling life. Wow. That That is, that's such a great insight, Kinsey, (laughs) because it's so true. I mean, Really, really, because when you're first learning, you're like, what does unschooling look like? What do days look like, right? And you're really searching. I mean, everybody is. I remember those times too. And and it is so easy, not so easy, but, you know, to see how it looks in other people's families and to feel like that's what we should be shooting for, right? Yeah. And I do think that is part of the journey. So many people um, hit that spot. And, mm-hmm. and it is that moment, that, that realization eventually, as you keep learning about it. Like you said, this is something that you've been interested in and you're continuing to learn about. But that mm-hmm. kind of aha moment when it's not about the what that they're doing, it's about the why. Mm-hmm. The what they're doing is what fits for their family, right? Mm-hmm. And that the why behind it, it can look very different in our own families, right? Like you said, that box, that vision that we have in our head because we see how other how it looks in other people's families, and we're like, right. okay, that's that's kind of what I'm shooting for. We we all want we we want to know where we're trying to get to, right? And then we try to um, make it look like that for our family. And eventually, it so often, it doesn't really work, right? Because we're not the same people as, as that other family. And the right. realization that it's, it's – and it's so scary as well to, to realize that that's an open question. What does it look like in our family, right? And that we can't really look outside – to see that, that we are instead creating it for ourselves. I mean, that is scary. That beginner's mindset too, that you talked about. I loved that as well. It's a, you know, I am, it's a total role shift for us to that learning piece. But then, you know, in that learning piece, we see other things and we're like, Oh, that's what, that's what we're shooting for. And then we get to the point like that. I, that's what I love about seeing unschooling as a journey because it's all these all these little steps, all these little realizations and insights along the way and aha moments that we have as we peel away those layers, like you were talking about before, peeling away those layers and realizing, because then, like you said, those periodic kind of panic moments or anxiety moments where it's like, I'm really trying to do this, but it's not working for us. It's not working for us. And then it's like, is it the unschooling? Is it us? Is it something we're doing wrong? And then when you're peeling away those layers, you come to realize, no, it's it's not about us doing things wrong. It's about those not being the things that fit well for us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, and and... 
And the great thing is, and the interesting thing is talking to so many different people about unschooling and what it looks like in their lives. I, I hope people take away how it looks very different. Yet you can hear um, the joy in all the guests' voices as they talk about their family yes. and, and everything, right? Because that's the root of unschooling. That yeah. is is the inner gooeyness that's that's so lovely, but it looks so different for each family. But it takes it takes a while to get there, doesn't it? Yes, it really it really does, and it, it you know it has for me, and and I think it you know it's it's continuous. Really. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we're I all growing and changing, right along the way. Yeah. We as parents are, our kids are, um, you know, and and what work that's that's the thing the other thing is that as you kind of figure out and get to a spot where you know everybody's kind of connected and related and we kind of understand each other we've got a good flow going it's not going to stay that way <laughs> right you know when i was kind of doing that I, when i was sort of in that it like i was still i still I don't know. I still really wanted to like share my passion and like really advocate what was, you know, helpful for children and learning con- and connection and stuff like that. But, you know, when I was sort of doing that and this kind of, I don't know, it felt like this like platform kind of way I was actually missing out on a deeper connection with my own actual children, mm. you know, and on how to un- unschooling better. You know, but yeah, as time went on, I sort of, I began to just dig deeper and be more introspective, I think, and make intentional choices about what things were, were moving us closer to real rich unschooling in our family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, what was reflecting on what was serving my relationships with my kids and um, kind of this getting more into this, like soaking into my bones kind of learning about unschooling instead of this like surface level kind of regurgitative head knowledge kind of that I was, you know, for me, that's I, I. That is something that I find fascinating. Is that the the intellectual understanding of unschooling yeah, yeah, that level, yes. and that's a great place to get to. But you can't stop there. If you stop yes. there, then then it's more like unschooling rules, and I should be doing this, and and I got to do this, and I I got to say yes all the time, and I you you know what I mean? Yeah. You you yeah. understand it intellectually why it makes sense why natural learning works and all that kind of stuff but there's that layer deeper where you uh, I think I use a phrase like you feel it in your bones like you know in your soul because that's when you've gotten to the point where you have that level of self-awareness that you've peeled back all that stuff and where you've come to value like you were saying everybody as individual whole people and and you've yep. really spent that time um, connecting without that kind of judgmenty level. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, without that sort without those rules kind of frameworked on top of it. How does it really work for us? You know, what does my child really enjoy doing? How do I really 
connect with them, right? Instead of sometimes maybe it's easier to think of instead of a role, because at first when we intellectually understand it, we're trying to step into the role of unschooling parent. Yeah. Maybe that, that could be one way to think of it, but the difference of, of actually just living it, you get to the point where, where you, you do, you feel it in, in your bones so much more yeah. than just an intellectual understanding. We're <laughs> we're digging deep here, Kinsey. <laughs> my wheels are spinning right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, and for me, like because you know, I mentioned earlier that I'm I'm very much like an outward kind of processor. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. my personality, and you know, so. I'm always trying, like feeling out from other people. Like, what do you think? What do you think? You know, like, so there's all, there's almost like this almost, I don't know, like a approval seeking or like still needing to be validated or relevant or some way or something. And, um, and really what it took was me digging deeper and being with myself, which can be really difficult for me as like an extroverted person, mm-hmm. but really digging deep into my, and in, in doing this like tough inner work in order to kind of deeply sink into what true and like good unschooling really feels like, you know, that flow. Yeah. And then... You know, it's, and then like, and really it's when you're in that kind of that flow, it's just so all like encompassing that I, I don't know. It doesn't even really occur to me. Like we're in that. It doesn't really occur to me to really even consider what other people are thinking. Is that what you when you were saying that is a way I, I, enjoy talking about de-schooling because so often like when you're in that intellectual understanding level you're like okay I'm de-schooling I need to go down this path and I want to get it done right yeah like yeah. when am I done de-schooling am, when I am, I done? am I there yet are we there yet yes okay. yes and then at the end though once you've actually peeled away and done the work it's not even a question you ask yourself anymore yeah, because no. you're not judging that anymore. You are, you've gotten to that point where you're just living and mm-hmm. connecting and being with your family and yeah. being in that flow yeah. um, and just living life together. And that's where the value is. And you lose that intellectual look at like feedback, validation. Am I done? Yeah. Am I done? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, now it just kind of feels like we're just, I don't know, we're just sort of getting on with things and Mm -hmm. we're just living our lives together. Yeah, yeah, no. And I do, like, you know, you were talking about my posts and things like that. I do still love to share, like, what we're up to and and what we're enjoying and things like that. But I have, like, a really different feeling about it now. Mm -hmm. Like, there's kind of been this shift. It's coming from a different place. Yeah. Um, like, and sometimes I'll even share what feels like more like journal entries almost. Um, 
but I really enjoy doing that. And I, I enjoy like put, that's kind of how I enjoy putting like love and joy out into the world, you know, and, and maybe someone will see something and, and, and think, Oh, well, whatever they're doing is, is really cool. Or, you know, Oh, they have so much fun together. And, and, you know, maybe it will help someone to have more fun with their kids. So good, right? (laughs) With her education background, Kinsey needed to make a conscious shift in perspective from teacher to becoming a learner again, to being with her children in the moment, experiencing that sense of wonder. And the essential de-schooling shift from intellectually understanding unschooling to deeply sinking into the flow of what true and good unschooling feels like, going from that head knowledge to feeling it in your bones. So beautiful. And next, we're going to hear from Nikki Zavitz in episode 216 about her realization that de-schooling was all about her while at the same time as being not about her at all. I'll let her explain. Over those years, I'd be curious what one of the more challenging aspects of that, you know, de-schooling journey was for you. And if you could talk a little bit about how you worked your way through it. Yeah, I I feel like we could spend the whole podcast talking about this because I, I, um, I think because of my background with teaching, um, I feel my de-schooling process has just been so ongoing and very intense. And like, I am so passionate about unschooling. And like I said, I read every book and I listened to every podcast and took notes and highlighted. And I had, we had discussion groups at my house and I run the Facebook page and I'm so, but oh my gosh, the de-schooling for me it's like flipped me upside down. Like truly, I, I think the hardest part overall, and there's so many connections off of it was that the fact that like, it was all about me at the same time as being not about me at all. I don't know if that makes any sense. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was, I was the un- I was the student of unschooling. I was, it's all me having to unlearn things. And, and, you know, it was just like so many, and Anne talks about this and you talk about this all the time, like so many layers, so many things I would bump up against that made me uncomfortable. And it was always about me, like that me, meaning I had to definitely like really dig into those feelings and oh man, like we've been unschooling for seven years and I still feel like I'm brand new at it. <laughs> like, and it's a really cool feeling weirdly because it's like proves how much unlearning I've had to do and how my kids are like, they're just like my teachers for it. Uh, it's really incredible. So I, I say that that's the hardest part, me, and I mean that because it it never ends. I think, and I'm like the type, you know, type A. I just I really love things that are Take black and white. Take it off. Oh, I got that now. I can move on, and it's just never been like that. And I mean that in the greatest way, but the hardest way. 
It's yeah. so true. I love that. I love that because I mean, I, I, that urge to be able to tick it off to like, feel like, Oh, you know, it's, it's done. But then, you know, you realize as well along the way that, you know, our kids are always changing. We're always changing. And like you said, mm-hmm. the fun part, because it always means that there's so many possibilities ahead, right? Yeah. It's a, yeah. being open to where everybody is in the moment and where we're all kind of looking to go. So, you know, we unschooled for 20 odd years and it's, it's, it's totally not done that way because no. it becomes a lifestyle. It, it becomes about um, who we want to be as people and that never ends. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It's life. Yeah. And it's so funny because I, I think in the beginning, because I'm, you know, I came from the teaching background and I, I like wanted to like study for unschooling, you know, that's what I was doing. I was like, studying it. I was right reading the books and following mentors. And oh, it was like, I just immersed myself in it, which is really great. But I think I still had this idea that I could ace unschooling, you know, I could just like, be the best at it. And, and I could get it right. And, and it's, I have, I've slowly started to learn to let go of the, that, um, but still immersing myself in it, but without the outcome that I'm going to get this right, you know? But that is completely and utterly part of the de-schooling journey. Too, yes. <laughs> because I think so many of us go into it that way. You know, it's our kids. It's our parenting. We want to do it right. We want to do it well. Mm-hmm. And one aspect of the whole de-schooling journey is questioning the expectations we set up for ourselves, the goals, like, like what really is success? What value do having expectations have? And then like, and we work through it um, with regards to our kids. Right. And then it's it's like, Oh, you know, this also all applies to me. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and questioning ourselves along the way that becomes another huge piece and it is at that point. And it, and like you said, it is so valuable to immerse ourselves in it, right. To find groups that connect with us um, where we can have these kinds of conversations because it's not something that, you know, it's still alternative enough that, you know, there's not, I know you've got a local group, which is awesome. And you were having conversations in your home. Um, mm. But it was something that, you know, I didn't know people who were doing it. I didn't. Yeah. So even whether it's online groups or, or person to person groups, whatever, but it, it is so different than what we were used to for many of us, depending on where we come to it from that, that, that immersion is so helpful. Um, for us to keep questioning things, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than take that sure. step, think we've got the answer and then just step back and do it. Because really, realistically, you know, mm-hmm. that first level of learning about schooling and thinking, oh, this is so cool. That's like just the top layer of that onion. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And if you stop peeling the onion, it's going to be really hard to get where you want to go right creating that thriving unschooling just atmosphere in your family is going to be so hard to get to if you've only 
looked at that first layer of the onion, right? Yeah. And, and it brings up like, you know, I was talking about how knowing that it's about me and also <laughs> something that I think I am still learning to embrace is trust. And I feel like that's like the center of unschooling. And I, it's something I've had a hard, really hard time with, to be honest. And it's, 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 um, it's just this thing that really puts a magnifying glass on me when I, when I have trouble with trusting myself, trusting the process, trusting my kids. And yeah, that's, I don't know, that's a major, um, what's theme that I see when I'm, when I'm struggling or feeling uncomfortable, it usually has to do with trust. Um, so yeah, and I'm still reminded of this daily and it's been seven years. I'm in the messy middle, Pam, like yeah. this is it. <laughs> like what <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about coming, me being on your podcast and how I don't have the gift. I feel like I don't have the gift of hindsight. I'm like right in the messiness of it. Um, so that being, you know, that being said, I, I feel like it's nice to hear stories from people like me too, because yeah, I'm in the thick of it and I'm struggling with some stuff and I'm, uh, you know, meeting all these major themes and um, yeah, it's just important to, I think, hear that because um, I love, I feel so inspired by you and your podcast and a lot of your guests because you guys, you've gone through it. You have the, the beauty of hindsight and but when you're in the messy middle oh sometimes it's just like you it's hard and you don't want to focus on it being hard um but it's nice to talk about the things that you're working through anyways is kind of what I'm trying to say <laughs> I I love 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 that you brought that up you know part of me wants to say that that messiness doesn't go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? It's fine. You're so Life right. yeah. is messy, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and we, you know, people who've been doing it for a long time or whose kids are, are older, you know what? I mean, we're still in relationship with our kids, which is what yeah. unschooling ultimately boils down to, right? That trust and relationship with yeah. the kids. And we're all going through hard moments in life, right? So sure. things do get messy now. And, and we're, so we're still working through it. It's, there's never that other side of the fence where it's like, ah, yeah. You know, yeah. It reminds me because that was something when I, when I used to blog a lot, when I would work through whatever issue it was that I was talking about, and I would <laughs> eventually, I would end up um, with some, some sort of sentence where it's like unschooling is life. And there was a time when I realized just where you are now that, you know, I'm in this messy middle. I want to figure this all out so that we can get there. So we can get to that graceful, loving, beautiful, trusting place. <laughs> yeah. That's candy and lollipops. Yeah. Made it right? Mm -hmm. The realization that that goal was 
not helpful and also not realistic that these messy days were, this is what it's all about. These days are it. It's not some goal because in that mess, we're learning so much. We're figuring out so much and we're just working through it together that, you know, I got to that point for the most part because it's not fun to stay in the mess. <laughs> no, and even to be vent- <laughs> yeah, but venting about it. Right, and I don't mean to do it. it. Like that's the other piece is, yeah. is actually, you know, when you're feeling in the mess, it's asking ourselves the questions, peeling back those layers of onions for ourselves, finding that trust is something that keeps coming up for me. How am I, you know, and mm-hmm. playing with that because the mess has changed and how we react and, and how we choose to sit with that discomfort a little bit longer, trusting that things will start popping up. You know, all those pieces are the learning that happens in there. Doesn't mean that 10 years from now, a mess walks through the door and you're like, yay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, you know, that's, that's, it's still hard, but yeah, Yeah. I, I love, I love that point. Um, and, yeah. and I do love having people on so many different points of the journey, right? Because mm-hmm. it is so important and so valuable, I think, to hear voices at each point. Because so often I think people, um, you know, worry that when things are messy or messy for too long, um, that they're, you know, maybe not doing it right and yeah. get down on themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean you do nothing, right? Like, like we were no. talking about when it's messy, you're trying to work things out. You're trying to figure things yeah. out. But that's, that's the journey. That's mm-hmm. not you, like, not quite being somewhere. Yeah. You're where totally. you need to be, right? You're exactly yes. where you need to be right now. I'm going to link that Amy Steinberg song because it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's so true. Like, I... Um, I had, and I think I mentioned this to you in the email, like I, I even had a little bit of imposter syndrome with you asking me because I was like, oh my gosh, I, I'm definitely not a perfect unschooler. I'm still learning. I, I'm grappling with lots of things that continually come up. It's been seven years. I've had all these thoughts that I should be further than this. But then I, digging in and when you asked me all these questions, I had so much to say about it with our journey and what we've gone through and how amazing it's been along the way and how hard it's been too. And um, yeah, I, it's, I think it's so nice to hear from all sorts, but also for me to express how much I appreciate hearing from um, people like you who've, who've just had more practice pretty much, right? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> and it's a practice. I love thinking of it that way because it's not, it's not something that you accomplish and you're done. It is, right. a, it is a lifestyle. Yep. It's a way of living. It's a way of approaching your days. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that makes sense to you. That's why you're choosing it, right? But yeah, yeah. It's, to think about it, that's why I always talk about if if you're asking yourself, am I done de-schooling? Then you're probably not done. <laughs> yeah, I have not. But to have a goal of finishing de-schooling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I have known in my heart, I don't know if I'll ever be done de-schooling and I am perfectly okay with that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's kind of what it is. I feel like that's what that's what it's all about, you know? Yes, that's what it's all about. It's life. I love Nikki's insight that with her teaching background, she felt like she was studying and schooling so that she could ace it, so that she could get it right and be the best. And what a brilliant de-schooling shift, decoupling those two bits, continuing to immerse herself in unschooling to explore how it works without the expectation that I'm going to get this right. (laughs) And her discovery that trust feels like a central foundational piece of unschooling. That's lovely stuff too. Keep that in mind for a bit later. Now we're going to hear from Lane Clark. We spoke in episode 284, and I love her bridge metaphor for the process of de-schooling around learning. So I wanted to dive a little bit more into uh, your de-schooling journey. Sure. I wanted to look at uh, de-schooling in the context of learning. Because when I look back at it, I kind of see two distinct phases to it. So at first, you're really opening up how you see learning, right? At first we come and it's kind of looks like school, what's in a curriculum, Mm -hmm. those are the important things. And all the rest of the stuff is kind of just life and what we get to after our interests and fun are take a backseat to what is more academic, right? So we come to expand our definition of learning beyond all that to recognize all the learning and the important learning that our kids are doing as they're pursuing their interests and just living life day to day. And then once we're really comfortable there, we start to find that our need to look for that learning and to ponder where it might lead, right? That's a big thing. Oh, they're learning about this. Maybe they'll be this, or maybe they'll do this, right? Mm -hmm. That starts to fade away. And we realize we don't have to look for the learning. It happens naturally. We can just focus on the living, focus on the fun and the joy and the moment that's right in front of us. That's actually more important because when you're connected in the moment, the learning is real. It has space for the learning to develop and unfold there, right? So I would love to hear um, about your take on that. What was your experience? Yeah, um, you know, it's it's a really exciting feeling to sh- to shift away from the need to categorize my kids interests. So, you know, it did definitely start where I was like, okay, it's, I'm comfortable with them following their interests and what do these interests mean? So, you know, um, is this math? Oh, okay. Is this social studies? Oh, we're taking a road trip. That's geography. So, you know, and that was internal. I wasn't necessarily saying it to them, but it was like a comfort to me. So it's really a next level relaxation when I can just see that the value in being or being self-led is, is it like, that's the end for me. Um, but that being said, I, I, like we mentioned, everything's on a loop. I definitely slip back into those moments, you know, particularly as my oldest gets a little older and, you know, people outside of our unschooling circles are focused on more academic learning as opposed to whatever, you know, elementary learning might feel more relaxed to them. So then I do feel myself slipping back into like, has she done anything that's math lately? Or, you know, that kind of thinking. Um, but the the work I've done up to this point allows me to see that 
Um, well, the work I've done up to this point, and I should say that my community support, you know, the, the online world is amazing, but in person here locally, I also have some awesome friends who I can just text or when we're together at the park, I'm like, so what about math? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I can come back to the thought that what that shows me is something's going on with me. Like something is unsettled in how I'm feeling or thinking or being. It's not a deficit my kids are having. If, if my kids are happy and thriving and following their interests and are, you know, sharing with me that they feel supported and connected and fulfilled, then my issue of like, do they know fractions is my issue. And so I can just deal with it internally with my own um, coping mechanisms and my own like reminders to myself that of how much time it actually takes to learn something when you want to is very little. Um, and that when they get to that point and they, and if they want to learn something that we haven't gotten to that, they'll learn it. Um, so just reminding myself of like how resourceful they are, how resourceful I am. And that those thoughts aren't really indicating anything other than me needing to like recenter or reconnect to someone that will remind me of what my values are instead of, you know, what boxes we've ticked or not ticked. (laughs) That is totally my experience too. Um, And, and I love that you're pointing out how we, you know, are more prone to label things at the beginning, like just to ourselves and absolutely what a great tool Mm-hmm. You get us started down that path, right? Yes, it's a great bridge. It's a, yes, you can't yeah. like just leap to the other side, no, right? No, <laughs> no. Yeah, I and couldn't no. anyway. No, <laughs> no, I definitely couldn't. Um, and so it is a wonderful bridge to start to see that because what that does too is key us into observing our kids learning, right? Absolutely. So it's actually asking us to pay more attention. So we see that stuff in there. And then we're seeing all the other stuff. We're seeing how it hits those pieces. And we're seeing how maybe a challenging situation comes up and we spend the time to work through it with them. And we see them learning those interpersonal skills. And we're like, wow, that's really valuable. You know, that's how our vision of what learning means expands is because we're actually engaged with them and we're seeing what they're choosing to do and what they're learning through it. Yeah. And I also have really noticed that um, as I've released the need to categorize, you know, academic subjects, it also has helped me make steps in releasing the need to really categorize ourselves at all. Like even in the way I describe my kids to people like, Oh, you have kids. What are they like? You know, I think I would have focused more on like their achievements or their age or their grade or whatever, as opposed to now I'm kind of, I'm more able to say like, Oh, she's just, this one's, you know, a huge ball of energy and loves this and isn't into that and jokes about this. It's more about who we are and that there are actually many more ways to be than, than in some of the systems we're in, you know, school only being one of those systems, but that some of the systems that we're in constrain us in ways that, um, make us think there's sort of these categories to choose from when really there's, you know, so many more. Um, So losing those categories academically has also helped me sort of tiptoe into realizing all the other categories we're putting on ourselves in other places and other ways. 
yeah, once you start questioning one kind of box, (laughs) wow, like what other boxes are out there that I kind of took for granted, right? Exactly. I used to love at, well, and still do coming up with different ways to describe my kids when people would ask like what they're up to or whatever. And it would just be so fun. The, The only important thing was that we're sharing it with joy and positive energy and, you know, I never got pushback, but it was always like planting a seed that it was an unexpected answer, but it also made them think for a moment, like that's yeah. a totally cool answer too. So that was yeah, like- we, we had a really good laugh recently because our, our library has been having virtual book clubs during pandemic. It's been amazing. And some of our fellow unschool friends are in there. So they'll all be together in zoom. And one of the librarians prompted them like, Oh, so-and-so what, what grade are you in? And she was like, I don't know, like second. And she's like, one of the other kids was like, aren't you 12? And she goes, yeah, I was just saying something. I don't really know. And then like our other kids were like, yeah, like it doesn't really matter. And I was just like, oh my gosh, how funny. And what was amazing is even the librarian was like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Like she just went with it. You know, their, their confidence was just, (laughs) and oh my gosh, behind the scenes, the moms and I were like, oh no, texting like, oh dear, dude. That was very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. But then, like, look, that's so wonderful that the librarian noticed. Yeah. Oh, she's amazing. What a meaningless question, actually. (laughs) Yeah, she was just like, I don't know. I mean, she was making conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then she just let it go. She's wonderful. Yeah, it was great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. Uh, So then the other piece that you were talking about, I'm trying to remember here, um, when we get across that bridge, yeah, yeah, and giving them more space to just be, that comes with experience too. That's why, you know, when we talk to people as they come to unschooling, it's like really six months minimum a year because you need just to get, just to explore. Yeah. Unschooling oh, yeah. And, ha- and let it unfold because you need that time to get, um, you know, across the bridge to start to see uh, what's up and to give your kids that space to be because it's there when you you see them in action you've seen over time some of those interests ebb and flow and you've seen the connections like from three interests back so you're like yeah you know that stuff is really connecting with who they are as a person and they're using it to say oh yeah and you know what that's not quite the way I want to explore that thing. I'm going to, I drop that interest and I go try something else and how that's great and beautiful for them. And you start to see how their personality meshes with the things that they choose. And then you get really comfortable giving that space to be because you've seen it work enough times that you can embrace that and, and not worry about the categorization so much. It's just such a a valuable experience, but it takes time to get there, doesn't it? It takes a lot of time and it also takes a lot of um, self-reflection, which can be challenging um, because, you know, for our family in particular, our kids never went to school. So they didn't have as much sort of de-schooling to do. Certainly there's things around us in the world that they take in, but you know, for, for my husband and I, who did go to school and, you know, he's from a family of educators and I went all the way through my master's degree. So we have just this very, um, lifelong, uh, sort of view of how, 
how to categorize ourselves and how learning works and what order things go in. So for us, it's a, it's a lot more effort than it actually is for them. And so the effort is just in us doing that work in a way that's um, amongst ourselves while still giving them kind of the um, unburdened experience of just being in learning. Um, and sometimes, especially now that they're older, talking through things with them about like, this is why this is hard for me. Like, this is something that I learned and then later learned this about myself that I, did, I didn't need to learn that way. And that's why I've, you know, presented these options to you differently. So um, it, it's a lot of self-reflection while you're crossing that bridge. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh, but as you know, how do you know? There's, there's crying too, usually. <laughs> that's fine. And, and it doesn't go away, right? What, no. what happens, I think, Uh, you know, my experience has been is like the reactions to things. So feel I can more quickly recognize if I tense up, I can more clearly or quickly recognize if I say something that lands a little off with them. So, you know, recognizing that I have some work to do, I just recognize it more often than not more, more quickly now, but yeah, it doesn't go away. You know, it's a, (laughs) Yeah, you got to revisit the bridge too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, crossing the bridge includes a lot of self-reflection. And I love how she described doing our work while still giving our children the unburdened experience of just being and learning. And how as they get older, we often choose to share pieces of our work with them to help them better understand us and our reactions and choices and for them to see this whole processing stuff in action. The other piece I wanted to highlight is her process when she feels a wobble. Wobbly thoughts are most often clues that we need to recenter or reconnect with our kids, which in turn reminds us what our values are, rather than looking at what boxes we have or have not ticked. The immense value of pulling up to that bigger picture. Now, let's hear from Joss Golden in episode 261. So what has surprised you most so far about how this path has unfolded in your lives? Um, well, I'm always surprised by how people don't understand what we do because we've been doing it for so long now. I, it just, I always just get confused when people say to me things like, um, oh, the whole socialization question or... Um, <laughs> You know, oh, it's school holidays now. Do you give your kids a break when yes, you're in school yes. holidays? Do you stop learning during school holidays and things? So that's that's was a bit of a surprise, but I'm used to it now. Um, I think just I'm I, I'm surprised and overjoyed at, at the beautiful um, quality of the, the relationship and connection that we have with our children. That just gives me joy every day. It really does. I think. You know, choosing to homeschool and, and, and spend lots of time together. Um, just like you were just saying, it, it lets our kids know that, that they're really loved and that we want to be with them and that they are free to just be them in all of their own unique awesomeness and um, that we really delight in their company. And... Um, I think that, yeah, our, our relationship's just 
amazing. And I, I really, I mean, I know plenty of people who go to school also have good relationships, but there's something about the quality of the relationship when it's really based on this sort of idea where we are just allowing them to be who they are and to they can bring anything to me. And I've seen them in all of their their rage and their frustration and their delight and their joy and, you know, everything um, is, is safe for them to be who they are. Um, so that's, that's something that I've, I've really loved. I've really loved that. And, mm-hmm. and just trust, like we were saying before about trust. I've learned so much about trusting myself, trusting my kids, and then my kids through that have learned to trust themselves. Like they're so much more, they're, they're, they're so much better at trust than I am. Um, I have to work at it, whereas they, it really just comes pretty naturally to them to trust themselves. And it's so important now that they're becoming teenagers and they're going out into the world and they're starting to have, you know, relationships and, and go to parties and be exploring, you know, all, all of those things. Mm-hmm. To, to do that from a place where you really trust your own voice that's inside you is is amazing, amazing for their well-being and, and for their um, happiness. I, I didn't have any of that. I never listened to, you know, I had no um, inner guidance that I ever listened to and there was there was just no trust. You know, there's that idea that it's, it's really hard to teach our kids. I think that's a John Holt quote as well, actually, about, it, all we really need to do is trust our kids, but actually that's really difficult because we weren't taught to trust ourselves, and so it's it's a hard process. But um, it's really important, I think. Yeah. Wow. I love all those pieces. <laughs> you you. I don't even want to talk now because you said them all so beautifully. Like those are the cornerstones, and it is so surprising. Like the importance and the value of trust is something we learn through our kids, right? Because it isn't something that we grew up with. We don't, didn't know how to trust ourselves. We so often, our inner voice was squashed because other people were telling us what we should be thinking and what we should, the choices that we should be making. Right. Um, And, and all those pieces uh, just weren't part of our lives. And it was just so interesting to me that I would learn them through watching my kids, right? Yeah. Through being with my kids. It's just so beautiful. And having no idea when we started, because I pulled my kids from school and um, had no idea the relationships that were in store, right? It, at, at first, it was just about learning, you know, learning in the classroom at school wasn't working. We're going to try this at home. And then through that journey, the relationships that developed, uh, letting them be, giving them the space and the support to be who they are as unique individuals was just amazing. And I love your word, delightful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, not always, of course. We have our moments where there's nothing delightful in my family. (laughs) But the the thing is, is what you learn through those moments is that those are moments, right? Maybe they're moments that last a few days, a few weeks, whatever, but that you come through them, that there is another side. Even if you can't see the light at the other end of the tunnel, you know, that metaphor, when when you're in the thick of it, 
Yeah. Over time, you see the foundation of those relationships that we built will carry us through and there will be another side, even if we don't know when we're going to get there, right? That foundation yeah. of those relationships and that trust and that understanding of ourselves just gets us through there each time, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, and I love the fact with um, yeah, much, much of the subconscious parenting um, the idea of, of when it all goes wrong and it's all horrible and you respond in a way that is not in line with your values at all to your kids, which we all inevitably do sometimes. But this is lovely um, skill that I learned about just re- rewinding and repairing and reconnecting with the children and just, you know, making it good again. So even even like you say, when those those moments are difficult, there's always, um, there's always gifts in that too, even when it's all looking ugly and yuck. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that's something that um, is valuable too for people, you know, for, and it took a long time for me to understand too. Like, like you said, there are, there's good that comes out of those moments, but just knowing that those moments are okay. Like it's not, we're wrong and we're bad because we have a moment where maybe we act outside of our values in that time, right? Because we can go and repair. Yeah. So much value is in the repair. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not in the idea of trying to be perfect. Yeah. And even yeah. temptations, those should times, those fear times. I'm not wrong, bad on doing doing things wrong because those moments happen. Those moments are gonna happen in our lives. It's it's the understanding, the clues so that we can more quickly realize when something like that happens and we can find out what works for us to help us move through those moments again. Like we were both talking about, we found reconnecting with our kids to be so valuable to help us ground again in in our lives and in what we're doing, right? Yeah, yeah. And again, the difference between like forcing your kids to say sorry, like we we never made our kids say sorry. But now whenever anything happens, they always... We'll, we will always come back to that and they will always want to reconnect and want to say, you know, apologize too. And it's, it's that, it's that intrinsic motivation again, I think, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And, and just that foundation of relationships are, are valuable for all of us. Right. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Back, like they've seen us come back, reconnect, apologize when we feel an apology, um, makes sense in that situation, yeah. right? Yeah. Our story yeah. that those things happen, it's that the whole story thing, you know, it's not an admission of guilt or anything, but it as in, you know, a judgmental thing. It's a reconnecting thing. Like I know I did something out of character. I am sorry about that. You know, yeah. and they see it in action and they see the value of it. And they so often take it on themselves, right? Because it makes sense it's not a thing that you have to do it's a yeah. choice but it is a really valuable reconnecting choice right yeah yeah oh i think um the only other thing that um i'm surprised about is how um, motherhood is um i really see it now as a very radical act of um that, that's going to change the world and you know we're in such a mess in the world at the moment and I really feel like um conscious parenting and homeschooling too I mean not exclusively homeschooling but I think that's a really big part of it is um 
such an important it's going to play such an important role in, in, in shifting the world to be a better place and to have to raise resilient and um, balanced and happy children who are able to bring a pretty urgent change to the world um, in terms of you know how they treat each other and how they treat the planet and, and everybody on it and I think having kids who are like really connected to their authentic selves and, and they're loving and they're cooperative and they're psychologically well. If they've been treated with love and trust and respect and, and choice and so on, um, you know, it, it means, means good things for the world. And I think like when we first started homeschooling in this way, there really weren't that many people, um, teaching their kids and not you know, having their kids in this way and, and same with conscious parenting. And I feel like it's really growing a lot. And that's, that's, that's a great thing. That's a really great thing. That is such a wonderful point too, because as our kids get older and you start to see them on the world, you see the ripples, right. Mm-hmm. You know, with their friends and how they treat other people and how they engage with them just yeah. so much more openly yet in their in their knowledge of themselves you know their inner voice all those pieces so yeah i love that point it's it is so different for our kids than it was even for us like what a shift in one generation you can make yeah it's a lot yeah. of work for us right it's so much of our personal work to, to yeah. do that but it is such a big change just between those generations Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my you could they couldn't get a bigger contrast than my education and theirs. Um, but uh, yeah, they're they're so different. And they're so much more um, happy and balanced and intelligent and connected to their selves than I was. It, you know, I I was I was forty before I felt even vaguely in that direction, and they they're already. Nikki mentioned it earlier, and here Joss also mentions unearthing the importance of trust. How she's learned so much about trusting herself and trusting her kids through de-schooling. Interestingly, I'm going to be diving deeper into trust on the podcast next week with Anna Brown. I'm excited to share that too. I also loved her point about discovering the value of repairing and reconnecting in our relationships. It's so valuable because we aren't perfect. Things will sometimes go sideways, but they don't need to fester. Next, let's hear from Talia Bartow. We dove deep into her unschooling journey in episode 281. All right, Talia, I would love to know what has surprised you the most about how unschooling has unfolded for your family so far so far we'll have to check in again another couple years (laughs) absolutely I am so down um I guess I would have to go back to that the healing how much healing has happened for me on an individual level by going on this journey Uh, when I started to look into unschooling it was 
it had blossomed from practicing like peaceful parenting and uh, what is often called attachment parenting had blossomed from that. And I wanted that to continue this connected, respectful thing that we had. I wanted that to continue. So I, I, I figured it would benefit the children and that they would grow up with new tools that I hadn't had access to as a child and that they would be healthier psychologically um, as adults, hopefully with more tools to deal with, with, various life things. And I believe it's certainly doing all of that, but I did not know ahead of time when I was diving into this, how much I would learn about myself. I did not know how much growth that I didn't know what I was in for. <laughs> I, I, this, <laughs> this path has pushed me to keep doing that growth work and almost therapeutic way. This path has opened up my eyes to more self-love and more self-acceptance of who I am um, to try to look at myself in the same light that I see my kids. It has helped me challenge beliefs that were limiting. It has helped me like question those automatic thoughts that weren't serving me or my kids or any of my other relationships. And uh, when I go through a challenging situation and or I feel triggered by something my kid says or does or they're going through, I have learned that that is just a sign of something in me that needs to be healed. And that my automatic response to them, it's not about them in the moment. It's about this other stuff that's been buried or hidden under, under so many layers. And peeling apart the fear or the shame or all of these internal messages that we've received about ourselves or developed these thoughts about ourselves, peeling back those and replacing those with healthier messages to ourselves. It only benefits our family and it goes so much more than just the kids. It's like all my relationships have been touched by doing this, by, by going down this path. And it gets hard sometimes. Like growth is not always easy. It's usually not uh, confronting these things about ourselves. But when I see the rewards, it's like, I see it daily. It's, it's worth it. And it reminds me all the time why I'm doing this. So that would probably be it. Oh, that is so beautiful, Talia. Thank you so much. That was, I, I love that piece. And I, that was one of the biggest surprises for me. Like, at first, we really think, you know, we're just teaching our kids another way. Right. Right. And the, what is asked of us on the journey, it can be such a surprise, right. When we first start out, but where it takes us is just, it's, it's, it's unpredictable yet. It's just so beautiful. Like you said, it is just so worth the work that we put into it to get to that deeper level of understanding. Talia describes it so beautifully. Many unschooling parents, me included, are surprised to discover how much de-schooling is really about our own growth and healing. It's not extraneous work. It's fundamental to understanding and embracing unschooling. Really, who knew? And finally, let's hear from the Beck family. In episodes 271 and 272, I spoke with parents Angie and Darren and their three grown unschoolers, Josh, Riley, and Ellie. I found it really interesting to hear what each of them found surprising about their family's unschooling lifestyle. Looking back now, I would be curious 
to hear what has surprised you most about having embraced unschooling for your family. I'll offer up something again just to kick us off. There's this one moment I I kind of firmly hold in my mind. We were at a a community center downtown, and it was – it was, you know, kind of the annual dance that would happen in the, uh, in, in spring. It was just, it was just joyful because I, I looked out on the dance floor and, you know, teens, this is, this is something that's kind of like preteens just coming in, maybe before the teens as well. And, uh, and they're there with their parents. They're on the dance floor in the equivalent of what, you know, some might look at as kind of like a spring formal or a, or a, or a prom like event. And they're dancing with their parents. They 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 wanted us to enjoy the evening with them. And and you know, and I, I might have been looking from outside the circle at that point in time, but was quickly in there with with Angie and the rest as well. But for for us, that that I mean, for me, that that was the magical piece. That was a surprise. It was the the piece I wasn't expecting. But I I now see all the time with most teenagers who are in a, a school setting is they will divert their eyes down. They will not connect with adults. Adults are not to be trusted because they put them into a system under which they've really been, their control has been taken from them. I'm getting, I'm reading deep. We can go long on that another time. But for this one, it was so fascinating to see through this this process, there is a family bond that was created and a trusting situation that not only began with Angie and I, but extended into the family as a whole to where there was, a, a desire to share these experiences collectively. And, and I'll go one step further to say with that secular homeschooling group that we create, that we were a part of there, there's this, we would think about it as kind of like a soft life skill that you, you just don't get in, in school, which is a, a level of nurturing, right? So you've got that family bond that goes a step further because your family all of a sudden becomes this wider community and you, you see everything from breastfeeding happening, you know, in, in, a, in a setting where it's just natural for, for everyone to kind of see that happening. Toddlers coming up again, Angie had mentioned kind of like across, you know, different age groups, you know, you have, it's almost like brothers and sisters of all ages in this kind of larger community, someone gets sick, all of a sudden there is a dinner, you know, list circulating around and you got 10 homeschooling families taking care of your dinners for the next two weeks. I mean, there's a level of nurturing and caring for each other that just really doesn't come out of the traditional school education that really, I think, sticks with, with you your entire life. You see a level of kind of, you know, maternal nurturing, parent nurturing, you know, dad's kind of leaning in. How do you, how do you kind of actively be a part of, of kind of this growing experience? You can, I mean, kids can speak for themselves, but I, I, I feel like for me, that was a bonus. It was a surprise. It was a bonus. Didn't expect that, but it, it creates, uh, I think, this level of empowerment for, for the kids as individuals, but kind of this, for me, kind of this warm, fuzzy spot of knowing that not only did, it, did we do something that sent them on their own kind of paths to become who they are today, but nurtured and modeled, I guess, modeled for them what it means to be, uh, have a family bond and to, to be a part of a nurturing community, if that makes sense. <laughs> Love that one. Angie, do you have any one dad? What surprised yeah, you? I guess we started this as a as an mm-hmm. education, uh, a replacement for traditional education, and then I guess for me, looking back, 
unschooling didn't end when Ellie graduated. Like, I feel like we still are unschooling. Like we question things. We, we look at things through a different lens. Um, I just feel like it, it's just a, it's become just our life and it's, it's not, it, it's no longer an edu an educational choice. It's a lifestyle choice that happens to en encompass how your children learn. Like, does that make sense? Like, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Ellie, how about you? What surprised you most so um, far? I was born into unschooling like, um, and yeah. said that she was pregnant with me when they decided, right? So I've never known a life that wasn't unschooling. I think, therefore, I didn't really have any preconceived notions on what it might be. But mm -hmm. I think I'm more surprised now, having been in college for a while, having a lot of friends that all came through high school and came through the traditional education system. I'm more just surprised that that exists <laughs> like it just sometimes amazes me when they say things and they'll like kind of trauma bond in a way like oh you guys remember when we'd have those pizza parties and we get like a slice of pizza that's you know this tiny I'd be like did you I <laughs> I they just they'll say things that kind of just genuinely amaze me that like everybody experienced that same thing you know what I mean so I don't think I have any like nothing surprised me about unschooling because I never had any conceived notions about it but things have surprised me learning that other people you know didn't have that same experience I guess <laughs> that makes a lot of sense how about you Riley um I think uh so much to take away from it all but I think just um like as an adult now going through the experience is just how I see the world and I think how I see community and how I see family and um feel connected to so many different things and so many um, different levels of awareness in every aspect of my life. But I think that that was really um, nourished when I was a kid going through that. And now it's carried on and it's still being nourished through family and community. And, um, and like my parents said, the unschooling doesn't stop when you turn 18 and you graduate. Unschooling is your whole life of, of, um, deconstructing what what people tell you to believe beautiful yeah I love that piece I love the piece it really does become a lifestyle right and Josh how about you yeah absolutely no I I completely agree with what everyone said so far um and I think for me um kind of along the lines of what dad said about um kids being able to uh you know have this relationship with their parents and with other adults in the homeschooling group. Um, it, it was almost the reverse for me now that I'm older um, to see how the parents treated kids in the group like people yeah. and, and now seeing, you know, being an adult, seeing how maybe some people treat kids in school it, it's, there's a total disconnect. You know, you, you could carry on a, a parent would be happy to have a conversation with you about something. And, and, you know, they didn't just treat you like you were just a, you know, a, a kid who is, you know, running around being crazy and being annoying for them. They, they were all genuinely interested in what you were doing and would treat you like a, like a person, which was, yeah, fantastic. So fascinating, yes? <laughs> 
For Darren, it was the strong family bond that developed. For Angie, it was discovering that unschooling wasn't just an educational choice. It became a lifestyle that continues to this day. For Ellie, it's a continued surprise of schooled friends almost trauma bonding around their school experiences. For Riley, it's how unschooling doesn't end when you're 18. You continue to deconstruct what people tell you to believe. And for Josh, it's how connected and genuine the relationships between unschooling parents and children were as they were growing up. I hope it's been interesting to hear about some of the deschooling discoveries and aha moments people have experienced on their journey, especially if you're deep in the deschooling leg of your own unschooling journey. Have a great day. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the growing podcast archive. The conversations never go out of date. You can find more information about my books, the Living Joyfully Network online community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit online course at my website, livingjoyfully.ca.